Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I'm your host for today, Dave, and I'm joined by Leonard, as this is our off-week spooky hour. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, it just happened. Uh, yes. So we, well, we will be resuming our trek into the Legativerse, um, as as heartening uh, as it may be. Um, we're... Are we've girded ourselves and are ready for the for the journey, or are we, Leonard? How are you doing? I'm fine. We 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 run these episodes without Cameron because Cameron lives in in the future from us, and because we uh, need to make sure that Cameron is happy uh, with with puppets and 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 less existentially. Uh, uh, detrimental works than than what you can we can expect from Mr. Legati. So we have to keep we have to keep our our Cameron fed on good vibes and pleasant monster energy. Ooh, no, I don't like that phrase. That sounded like I was shilling for monster energy. God damn it. Okay. I'm aborting this bit. Dave, what are we covering today? We are continuing our uh Coverage of Songs of a Dead Dreamer uh, with the second two stories of the intro. I don't, um, <laughs> uh, we didn't form that bit of it. So there, the book itself is divided into segments. And the first, if I can get this thing to work, the first um First segment is the, the the four tales: the frolic, the fleur, um, Alice's last adventure, and dream of a mannequin. Before a uh, more concrete trilogy um, of the Nyctalops, um that we will be covering next time. So we're yes. finishing up the first bits um, of the book with Alice's last adventure and dream of a mannequin is what we will be covering. Uh, and according to my Kindle count that is over 45 pages of total coverage. So there's a lot going on, um, but not with these last two. That's uh, that they're shorter entries than the first. So yeah, we'll we'll start off with Alice's last adventure. Um, additionally, uh, I'm cutting myself off there. So additionally, the this will be these these. Legati segments um, will also be covering the conspiracy against the human race. It is a uh, book on philosophy uh, by Thomas Legati, and portions, if not the whole, uh, echo sentiments that he's um, not explaining, but that he's um, putting forth in his um, fiction writing. Yes. Uh, and, and in particular, some of the tales we're discussing today have to do directly with um, themes within the conspiracy of the human race. And we will be getting into that next time uh, a, a little a little further um, than today was planned. So we're, we're pushing back the, the, the deeper philosophy um, discourse until next episode. Uh, so we have a little bit of time to kind of warm up with uh with the relevant bits of these two tales today is yes the plan we 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 we're, we're working on the fly it's <laughs> a 
by the seat of our pants is how that's how we go um but there's a plan there's a there's an overarching narrative that we will be considering so all is not lost <laughs> the the map is just a, the map is just a little bit you know there's some splotches on it <laughs> so i i i like to i like to imagine uh that there's there's the three uh listeners out there not three total but just three of our listeners uh said to themselves oh they're not talking about the incredibly difficult philosophy yeah i'm gonna just skip this episode yeah i know i've disappointed myself i was all set to uh to get into it and it's a lot so (laughs) we're we're a little bit more prep time, I think, than we have given ourselves. Uh, so, yes. don't worry. Um, it for those of you who don't tune out. Um, it it is forthcoming. It's it's worth the wait. Yes, because this is all in preparation for that. So, yes. So it's 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 planned, sort of. That's okay. We're we're stumbling into the future as we speak. Um, Yes, yes, that brings us to the beginning. Yes. Of course, at the end, because it's oh, Alice's geez. last venture. You guys come here for the humor, I think, don't you? Stay, stay for the humor. <laughs> come here for the, hey, the, the terror and stay for the humor. I don't... We're, we're, I don't we're, we're marginally funny individuals, Dave, and that's completely okay. We're also that's smart, all, so... <laughs> that's all we need, you know... Marginally funny and smart can get you a long way in this world. It's it's gotten us to where we are for about three years, so we'll just you you know we'll just keep going. Let's not use that metric. I'm joking. I'm joking. We love all of you. We're we're all very happy to do the work that we do here on Monster Dear Monster. Yeah, you know we get (laughs) paid huge stipends to run this podcast. Stipend. Okay, Alice's last adventure. <laughs> uh, stop laughing. Stop laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I forgot. There's a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> um, that's actually the intro to the book. Um, yep. This, this tale. It's a little quote. And hopefully you read it because otherwise that will make no sense and I'm not going back to explain it. <laughs> what What is this tale about? What is going um, on here? Oh, geez. Uh, well, this uh, this tale uh, uh, seems to be about the the um, the final year of a a a sad author's life. Uh, who? Uh, <laughs> it's about a lot, Dave. It's about a lot, and none of it is too pleasant. It's a it's a mild autobiography on uh, the wonders and magic of youth, the tragedy of loss of parent, um, the sad reality of adulthood, and then finally maybe being murdered by your own fictitious creation. Um, yeah, that's now- that's a that's pretty succinct, actually. Um, <laughs> Because, yes, there is a lot going on here. Um, we have we have a uh, world-weary, but somewhat set in uh, old ways, uh, former 
children's book author. Yes. So she hasn't written in a while. It's been 20 years since the last, her, her last hurrah, her last successful um, novel. And she does some uh, book signings and uh, readings of her, of her older works at uh, libraries for children. Yes. Um, she's disillusioned at this point, as you mentioned, uh, her, her descent as it were into adulthood has chafed away um the 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 wonderment um she once held as a child her early uh authorship her early author years um are are very much a thing of the past uh, yes her her desire to retain that is faded um she she's self defeated I, I believe at this point is kind of what it's getting at mm. but but she still mm, harbors i think the seed of wanting some of that back yes uh, and and she's she's split um her life um as far as she's she's split her her life herself really into past her and then present her and then regarding her author persona is basically what it was as a separate person right like they've 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 gone different ways um and the the magic of her youth uh and her ability to craft these tales uh is is compartmentalized. Yeah. It's something exactly. that she's, she doesn't feel that she has anymore. That, that person is literally no longer her. Right. Or she's literally no longer that person. However you want to, to, to phrase that. Um, there is a, uh, here, there's a small passage. I'll just read this. This is from the author's. Well, the whole thing is from the author's point of view. It's a, um, it's a last, uh, it's almost this. This tale serves as a last will and testament, even if she's not aware that that's what's happening. Right. Uh, so here's this. Even as a little girl, I knew I wanted to be an author, and I also knew just the kind of tales I would tell. Let someone else give pre-adolescents their literary introductions to life and love, guiding them through those volatile years when anything might go wrong, and landing them safely on the shores of incipient maturity. That was never my destiny. Instead, I would write light, uh, I would write about a puckish little character based on a real-life childhood playmate of mine whose deeds of mischief were legend throughout the small town where I was born and raised. As Preston Penn, my erstwhile chum, could throw off the shackles of material existence and explore the mysteries of an upside-down, inside-out, faintly sinister, and always askew universe. The embodiment of topsy-turvydom, Preston gained a reputation as a champion of misbehavior and an adventurer who looked beneath the surface of everyday things, pools of water or rainwater, tarnished mirrors, moonlit windows, to discover a stunning sortilege, usually with the purpose of, st of stunning in turn his perennial foe, the dicta dictatorial, di yes, world of adulthood. Um, a conjurer of stylish nightmares, he gave his grown-up adversaries fits and sleepless nights, no dilettante of the extraordinary, but its but its personification. Such is the spiritual biography of Preston Penn. Uh, her 
main character of her of her series um, that she's done. Uh, additionally, the author her father was an avid um, more more than avid fan of uh, Lewis Carroll's books, and yes. hence uh, she she herself was named after um, Alice from Alice in Wonderland or Alice Beyond a Looking Glass. Yes, and that and that sense of wonderment the pushing off of uh the shackles of adulthood the, the, the holding that at bay um in a in a far different way than we see with um like peter pan right it's, it's embracing they, the the weird of childhood that extent of imagination but also i think the 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 fears and the terrors that that could also uh, elicit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there, there was a, a moment reading reading this piece where I I thought to myself, "This feels like a um, like a significantly darker and more cynical version of Hook." <laughs> yes, or um, the same sentiments. Uh, harbored in Return to Oz. Yes, yes, exactly. Of this, this once magical, fantastical place, um, uh, uh, dashed to ruin and made all the more sinister and deeply, deeply unpleasant after time. Um, yeah, time. <laughs> hey, guess what? Time, time, and and fantasy. Typically, time and fantasy settings do not go well with one another. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, and they, they. I mean, eventually, all uh, succumbs to entropy. It all falls to ruin. Um, the 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 passing of time for our main character is no. Nothing less than that. I mean, it's the destruction yeah. of youth. Right. Of dreams. Uh, mm-hmm. She's obviously, she's not a satisfied adult. No, no. She's, she's had, she's, she's dealt with marriage. She's dealt with divorce. She's a widow. She's an alcoholic. She's had, she's lived a, a long, somewhat rough life emotionally she she for 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 from all accounts as a as a uh, person physically she's been somewhat fine you know a little aged but that's to be expected but it feels like the the trauma that she has suffered in her life has mostly been emotional and the destruction of that that childlike wonder that she once held so dear Yes, and this is in no small part due to the influence of her father, uh, as we see with another passage I've pulled. Yes, uh, to father the creative, the creator of Alice, referring to um, Lewis Carroll, as I later came to see it, was a symbol of psychic supremacy, the sterling ideal of an unrestricted, unstructured mind uh, manipulating reality to its whim and gaining a kind of objective force through the minds of others. And it was very important to Father that I share the Master's books in the same spirit. Yeah. And uh, it, um, 
they're 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 reading through the looking glass and uh the the father makes the remark that alice uh the character is um precocious in a way that is beyond uh reproach mm-hmm. i guess would would be the term of it um he he he's he fixates on the idea that the uh, Alice in the narrative um, uh, sees, of course, through the looking glass. The other, the other world um, is uh, not as organized. It's it's an embodiment of it's a an embodiment of chaos that is a necessary thing and not present in our like everyday waking moments not that we right. not that we're, we're we're not in a position to see the the chaos um and he wants his daughter to share that specific sense to understand um what uh lewis carroll is is transmitting um by showcasing that in his in his works mm-hmm of course, at the time when her father was talking to her, she's uh, six, seven, eight years old. She's very young. Um, literally says six, seven, eight years old. <laughs> right. And um, he, her father wants her to understand that. And this is a small other passage. And I did know what that meant, she says. I felt imitations, um, intimations of a thousand misshapen marbles, of things gone haywire in curious ways, of the edge of the world where an endless ribbon of road continued into space by itself, of a universe handed over to new gods. Um, that idea is what she carries forward and does her best to share with the world um, in, in the form of her um, adventures of Preston. Yes. Uh, they're all, uh, I guess one of the titles is Preston and the Ghost of the Gourd. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all all of the all of all of the titles seems <laughs> seem to be literally Preston and awful supernatural force that would would uh, seems really horrific and threatening. That's what I picked up from every every single one of the titles, um, which is is funny because uh, you know as as you well know, Dave being also being an 80s kid that seemed to be the majority of children's media during that era of our formative years which was nice childlike thing versus horrible existentially threatening concept or awful monster um exactly exactly and (laughs) and preston penn as a character um was someone who you know we don't get excerpts from her books but uh just on the way that the author is reminiscing um on things or really she's equating scenes in her everyday life with uh things that she had written right instead instead of the reverse where generally she would take inspiration or as you know she admits she took inspiration from her childhood friend and frame them in a way that um, highlighted the the strengths of imagination and like the fortitude of character that her friend um, exhibited, right? Uh, and and that she she may I mean she's placing undue demands I think on her image of her friend, 
mm-hmm. she she's 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 building she she literally has built uh, a pedestal of worship in the form mm-hmm. of these books um, uh, it's, it's a worship not to the personage of Preston but the idea right the concept um, of this uh, sort of deviant chaos causing um, uh, youth reveling in the, the mysteries of the world and challenging um, norms and right. trying to sow a little bit of extra chaos. Mm-hmm. And we find that, that her image of her friend doesn't hold true to what what that boy became right and, and, and it's and it's it's no less different with herself her yes her former self was still free in a you know a manner of speaking and, and able to to do these things to convey stuff uh not stuff to to convey um these sentiments but also uh it, it's a because she's disassociated her own self from herself, mm-hmm. uh, she she laments that and is, after a fashion, seeking to regain some of that. Right. But it's a begrudging feeling, I think. Because she's just been so downtrodden by... A failure of a life as she sees it that um, she she almost doesn't deserve it's a self self aggrandizing concept she doesn't deserve to um have the, su- the success that her earlier younger self commanded right because because she got old yes um, right she's she's uh, lost that thing that that touch right uh i i did actually have a, an excerpt that that uh that speaks to that Uh, that I wanted to read. Uh, I suppose it was a blessing that he did not live to see me succumb to the despoilment of time, saved from this heartbreak by a sudden explosion in his brain while he was giving a lecture at the college. Uh, So yes, her father died of an aneurysm before she could age. um, And, and she, she regrets aging. She regrets getting old. She, she, some seemingly internalizes it as some sort of failure that she had any control over, um, which is is really interesting um, because uh, it's inevitable. Uh, but but there was such an emphasis on on this this puckish, plucky child that could, you know, turn the world on its head just by being observant and witty and clever uh that her father i like idealized that she she's now internalized this level of shame having grown old just like everyone else yes she's no longer special right she she's lost that thing and we find um that it's it's Something echoed uh, again by by Preston, her her friend, who she had not maintained contact with, really. Um, right. He also passes away, and she she spends a moment in reflection, um, you know, going to his uh, his wake. Um, 
and the, and the, the actual viewing. Um, and this, uh, here's a, a passage related to that in, in, in particular. Um, bald and blemished, that was rather expected. Totally unfamiliar, that wasn't. The mosquito-faced child I once knew, now repulsively bloated and saggy, swollen up and puffy-lipped, like some un unidentifiable corpse the cops might find in a river. Patently, yeah. he had overfed himself at the turgid banquet of life, lethargically pushing away from the table just prior to explosion. The thing before me was a portrait of all that was defunct, used up. The ultimate adult. But perhaps in death, I consoled myself, his child self was even now ripping off the false face of the overgrown up, overgrown up before me. Um, it's, it's a scathing indictment of adulthood. Yes. It, it, it is, it is, it is revulsion at, at adulthood, at aging, at growing old, at not being a child anymore. Um, it is, and, and, and it is ultimately her inevitable future, uh, but still she cannot help but be completely and utterly repulsed by, um, um, it's seemingly, uh, 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 an indictment of his character that he could no longer maintain the Preston that he was as a child. Mm, if he ever was that Preston. Um, right. Again, because... she's put uh, an onus on him that maybe was unearned. Right. Or really it's just the, 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 the precociousness that she saw um, and held up uh, just couldn't last right again he's you know he's this is a it's a it's a wonderful um turn of phrase really this um overfeeding at the the banquet of of life yes you know. yeah it's it's a it's a brought it's a brought to ruin of one's own self um and as repulsed as she may be um it's no different than her own her own circumstance right she's done the same thing and i think that that is abhorrent and it's it's not that she and she's a, she's able to recognize it she's not um under an illusion uh but she is still uh holding with her this this other self the, the the young alice that that would bring black orchids to the funeral that would do she right. she entertains these notions and doesn't follow through with them and i think that that's her ultimate failure not not mm -hmm. that she's not that she should do these inappropriate things but that she's <laughs> cordoned herself off so tightly um the the enjoyment that she could find as an adult she's withholding from herself right she's pushed it away so firmly and and her own self-doubt and her sense of self-worth are so small that the thing that could have kept her happy and not even just as a livelihood but just as a general outlook on life um, she won't even allow herself to come to terms she's not coming to terms with what she's lost Right. And it's a thing that it's not that she's lost. She's just 
imprisoned. She's locked. She's put it away. She's put it away on purpose, but yeah. doesn't give us um, uh, a sufficient reason. It, other than it, other than I have to be an adult, so I can't do that thing, which right. is like it, a horrible way to live. It it's almost as if the enjoyment that she gets out of of imagining this is 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 based on oh if only if only i were that that sprightly sprightly puckish alice i would have skipped into the funeral with blacker orchids and twirled around and placed them and and left and she 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 her enjoyment comes from looking at this this concept of herself that she's locked away and imagining all of the uh, uh unadult things that that uh that part of herself yeah. would do i mean it's it's to such a degree that she feels guilt over even thinking of like considering those things yeah right it's like you can just you know, you just relax a little bit. <laughs> you can still think that stuff and it doesn't have to dictate your actions. Right. Whereas she's of the mind that even even just considering these things is is beyond her. You know, it's it's something that's abhorrent. Um right. But things aren't as blase. Uh, her her the mundanity and the dreary drawl of adulthood settling over everything like a fog is not um it's not all in the cards for her no something else um somewhere along the line has changed uh, or uh like Alice, she's begun to see the untidiness of this present world. Yes. Um, you know, some, somewhere along the way, she may have inadvertently stepped through um, the glass and not known it. Mm -hmm. um, and that, uh, that, that is, she's, she has a, a dalliance with a, um, a younger man at a, at a hotel when, um, when she was staying, uh, for the funeral. And, um, she 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 wakes up the next morning in her hotel and uh, the, the gentleman has left. Um, she's by herself, but um, she she thinks he's still there or someone is still there because she notices a movement um, in the bathroom. And uh, let's see here. The um, this is actually another good. Uh, well, it's all good, but there's <laughs> another good uh, turning of a phrase. I awoke in the darkness specific to hotel bedrooms, abnormally heavy curtains masking the morning light. Immediately, it became apparent that I was alone. My new acquaintance seemed to have more seemed to have a more developed sense of tact and timing than I had given him credit for. At least, I thought so at first. But then I looked through the open doorway into the other room, where I could see the, a, a convex mirror in the wood frame on the wall. The bulging eye of the mirror surveyed the entirety of the next room, and I noticed that something was moving around in the reflecting glass. A tiny, misshapen figure seemed to, seemed to be jarring about, leaping and twirling in a madcap way. That should have been audible to me, but it wasn't. And, of course, it turns out that uh, her, her bow is not there, and uh, this is all in her imagination. Yes. Or, or is. Is. Yeah. Right, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the horror here is um, 
it's an unspoken one. It's not, it's an unnameable thing, figments of what she's come up with before because everything in, in, in her reality is framed through the lens of the books that she wrote. That right. they, they seem to sum her, sum up her entirety of her experience. Her, her sour memories of adulthood um, are just that. And the, the, the books, the world that she had crafted uh, are becoming more real to her than perhaps they had been when she first spilled them on the page. Right. So some, something's going on. Um, and we are of course treated to the, the strange happenings um, becoming more uh, frequent occurrences. Yeah. Yes. There's, uh... Preston and the talking grave. Yeah. These are great. Preston and the looking glass ghoul. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's is not, just... a, it's not a title of her book. She actually just comes up with snippets of, uh, uh, titles, um, right? <laughs> just in her own daily life. Like she clearly, she wants to do the thing. She wants to write more, but she's lost the the touch. It uh, it it's it's interesting. It almost does. It doesn't feel like 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 she's she's lost it. I mean, get then well, that she's this... she's she's purposefully locked it away. Yeah, exactly. That was yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like she she feels as if she is undeserving to write about the uh, to write on this subject any further because she is is not that that child, that Alice anymore. Yeah. That yes. that she can't. But by doing so, she is is betraying the essence of her work uh by having the adults that these that Preston fought so uh, valiantly against uh, be the ones to now write his story. Exactly. Yeah, I mean uh, this 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 tale. It's not long, but it's no. complicated in its discourse. Like there's themes. I mean, we're probably missing stuff just because there's a lot of detail within the the, the, the narrative. Um. So the. Ultimately, uh, what this resorts to is uh, the last few segments. Um, she's uh, doing a reading session at the library. Yes. I think, I think it's a library. It's a school. Somewhere. Um, I think it's a library. And uh, during the reading session, um, a few strange things happen. Stranger than um, – or I guess no less strange than uh, the little occurrences that she's been experiencing. The the lights go out in the auditorium or in the in the, in the room, and uh, there's some screaming. Um, she she feels that there's other presences in the room aside from the children. That's her audience. Um, it turns out that uh, this is during Halloween, of yes. making it all the more relevant to her um, to her past wishes i guess um mm -hmm. it's just it's thematically appropriate uh for for readings of the preston books and the the one of the children who had caused a bit of a scene um reports that they had they were wearing like a little kitty costume and had a mask on and she saw something moving in her mask um during the uh the blackout yes um, the lights come back on uh the the spell is for better or worse broken um 
she she takes her leave of the of the reading and decides to i think this i think it's this point that she's um drinking again <laughs> yes because she had stopped um here's a uh we we brought it up a little bit um but here's a, a concrete example of her feelings toward her past self i guess um the other alice is the one who's really comfortable with kids and kiddish things how else could she have written preston and the laughing this or preston and the twitching that so when it comes time to do this reading every year uh, i try to put her on stage as much as possible something that's becoming more difficult with the passing years oddly enough it's my grown-up's weakness for spirits that allows me to do this most effectively, I guess. Um, with each sip of scotch that passed my lips today, I felt more at ease. She has to liquid courage herself into doing readings in front of children. Yes. That's not great. <laughs> that's, nope. uh, that's another, you could chalk that up to another failure of her adulthood. Um so that's rough. Uh, understandable. I mean, you, you, we get, we, we get a f- perfect portrait of her failed life. Like right. We understand her motivations, why she feels the way she does. We don't get every detail, but enough to empathize um, with her character. But at the same time, uh, not agree with the way she's turned out i guess right. about the, about the same as she has it's the same kind of yeah. feeling like i don't think she likes herself much either so um it's a it's a it's a mutual disdain for adulthood mm-hmm. um, and i guess all the more uh fitting since uh one or more of us are on the doorstep of 40 years old so <laughs> we're we're no longer the sprightly authors uh, we may have once been ourselves wow thanks Lagati. let's just make this all completely depressing oh oh it's it's all bad it's all bad for the both of us oh no no, no. yeah this, this 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 subject matter was an absolute mistake it's great don't get a, don't get me wrong listeners it's fantastic it is bad for us just to 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 read the stuff that this the, the, his work is is the mirror that we it's, are staring at. It's far too relatable, um, mm-hmm. which makes it easier to understand on a level, yes. but <laughs> yeah, makes the horror all the more poignant. Um, which yep. is, of course, why we're covering it because it's deliciously haunting. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 it is it is deeply unpleasant to read about a woman who has sadly accomplished a great number of things in her life, but seemingly feels like a massive failure simply for growing old. Yeah, and <laughs> and these um well these stories on the whole, uh, unlike her Preston books, are not these are not for children. Um, Right. And even it's not even a level where uh, it's a it's media that you can consume and find something in uh, on multiple levels as as a younger reader. 
and then as an adult. I don't think... It's requiring more engagement with the story than, say, perhaps um, even like a Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. Like, those can be read in a a sort of pulpy sense. Right. This, not as much. You still can. I'm not saying that it's like highbrow. Um, mm-hmm. so, but, but it's uh, the the horror is an existential thing um, that goes beyond just the unnameable dread or cyclopean structures or you know any kind of uh, mythos, um, right? Adult thing. Uh, that makes it sound like I'm, I'm talking like down on stuff that we've enjoyed in the past. It's not really. No. Uh, this is just a different mindset. It requires a little bit of a different mindset, I think, to to in, to enjoy this because it's inherently like not enjoyable. Right. It 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 deals with it in uh, it, it for me as as Lovecraft deals with the kind of existential dread of humanity's insignificance in the universe uh, when uh, paired against the the great old ones. This is the existential dread that is brought about by the by our everyday lives by the reality of the existence that we occupy. It is it is. It is not an external force that is unstoppable and and infinite. It is it is the there's the, there's a sad reality like this is just yes. what is going to happen. Yes, exactly. And you can't stop and, it. Versus, right. uh, not understanding something and the unknow the great unknowable that man right. is so insignificant. This is. Everything is very significant, and it's just going to suck no matter what. You can't change right. it. Right. So ultimately, the horror here is more real, um, even <laughs> yeah. though it, it even though it can be couched in uh, uh, something of the supernatural. Right. You know these these are still fantastical tales, but um, ultimately, a lot of this comes down to losing oneself, the fear of that, and you can read into that um, all, all sorts of things. This could. Uh, general um general uh malaise um right dementia uh in anything where the self you're like you've become anathema to your own self uh um misanthropy i mean there's a lot going on here because of the way people's people end up right um it's not it's it's not a flattering view of humanity on purpose yes right because it's stripping away the sort of glamour that we build around ourselves um and how the well the wonderment of childhood is an illusion because that's that's uh it's not reality Mm -hmm. and reality is terrible and everything is bad and you're just going to suffer and then you if you're lucky then you will die you're right (laughs) yep that's the like that's the 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 the, the theme the theme of these tales 
Yep. <laughs> and you can, um, as we said, it's you uh, rereading these and then looking at them and empathizing with the characters is a mistake. <laughs> it's it makes it easier to read the story and to understand it, but then it's as you mentioned, it's turning them into a mirror that you may not want to be looking at. Right. Yeah. <laughs> at the, at the end of the day. Um. And then uh, it's just another another passage to illustrate um how the author is feeling. Uh, she's she's talking to um the the librarian that hosts oh, yes. these readings um and here's a i've all i think i guess i've also experienced this uh, a little bit um in the past so while i was reading the preston books to the kids i had suffered the uncanny experience of having almost no recognition of my own words of course this is a rather rather a cliche with writers and it has happened to me many times throughout my long career but never so completely they were the words of someone entirely alien to me they were written by some other alice and i'm not her at least not anymore um so this is like the, the final uh nail in the coffin i think for her to right to, to utterly recognize that a thing that you ostensibly had done uh was not of your own making like her own her achievements are not her own is is the the heart of this matter right because it was another alice that was able to do these or that did these things and so much so that she can't even look at the what she's done and recognize that she did it in the first place. Right. Yeah. Like, so divorced I mean, from that yes, previous. She, yes, she's completely split from her accomplishments um in 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 indeed. So it's a really it's a weird um it's a weird thing to to have happen. It's a, a, a sort of a weird. It's a dissonance. Um, I've I've pulled up old portfolios of of uh, art I had done, you know, twenty 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 five years ago, and some of it I feel is equal to or better than things I've drawn now, like recently. Mm -hmm. uh, but in those same portfolios are things I do not remember drawing. I'm just like, I, I have no, I have no recollection of this place. Um, and the same, same goes with, uh, even just small writings and things, um, that have, that have happened in the past and wondering, like you read it and go like, who, like I couldn't have done this. Who, who, who wrote this thing? And um, right. that extends not only to fiction, but to like academic papers and other things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And, you're just not in the same headspace as you were before. Right. So again, I mean, I, I personally can understand these. I mean, I do not have this sort of success that she's had. I'm not a published author, but just the, the, the sentiment that she's um, conveying is relatable. Right. Horribly. So <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you for, you know, making this, um, Something even even someone like me can can understand. It's yeah. very, it's a 
yeah, it's a it's a difficult um, it's a difficult thing to see her falling apart. Yes. <laughs> yes. So then she has she has three no four four final um she calls them exhibits. There are four final yeah. things that uh convey her ending without her understanding what's happening. Right. Or us, actually, because it <laughs> this just it's not a left field, but it um it's definitely gone down a, a, a darker path than even one could uh, assume from from the the narrative that's come before. Right. So let's see. Um, exhibit one. This is her um, looking out the window and seeing the moon. Uh, is not quite right. Right. Something's happened to its 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 current phase. It's inverted itself. Um, mm-hmm. Something that you just can't. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> right. Um. And and she is 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 attributed to her drinking. She doesn't know. The uh, well, exhibit two is her um, uh, alcohol withdrawal. She uh, mm-hmm. she. She's found that the she no longer enjoys the taste of spirits. Um, it's actually uh, abhorrent to her now, um, and she feels specifically that the booze she imbibed um, has tasted inside out. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I cannot identify with that. I do not know. Understand what that could possibly taste like, but it's wrong. It's it's. Actually, uh, kind of interesting because when she said that, uh, when she mentioned that it, it tastes vile and inside out, it's very much in it, that explanation is very much in uh, the way I believe a child would uh, explain tasting hard alcohol. That's a good point. Uh, um, so I, yes. I that's that's it, what I picked up on it when when okay. she yeah I mean and, and that makes sense with what's sort of happening um, right exhibit three so this will be an actual quote because it's a shorter entry my reflection in the window before me perhaps something faulty in the melt of the glass my face the surrounding shadows seem to be overlapping at a little at a time like bugs attracted to something sweet. And then she's um, she's attributing those those shadows. Um, she specifically wonders what this what's happening, and she's asking, "Is it the shadows of senility, right? Uh, or uh, this is she's also wondering if if her reading uh, of her older works um, has acted as a catalyst, some sort of incantation that willed." Um, Preston and his right. devious, his devious ways, his tricks he loves to play on adults, um, into being. And for her, that ends up being, I guess, not the logical outcome, but the one that um is more, or I guess, most um correct. Mm-hmm. She's hearing 
uh, audio, audio hallucinations. She's hearing strange things in the hallway, giggling, demonic giggling, even though it's the, uh, the, 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 the worst because it's a familiar sound to herself. Um, the right. strange, ah, uh, <laughs> uh, giggle of Preston. Right. And then the last exhibit, um, it's the shadows once more. They're all over my face in the window, stripping away as in the story. But now there's nothing under the old mask. No child's face there. Preston, is it you? It is you, isn't it? I have never heard your laughter except in my mind, yet that's exactly how I imagined it would sound. Or has my imagination given you, too, a hand-me-down inherited laugh? She's, of course, referring to her own laugh that uh, is uh, from her father. Right. Um, and then her... her I suppose read the rest of it. Uh, my only fear is that isn't you, but some imposter. The moon, the clock, the drink, the window. This is all very much your style. Only it isn't being done in fun, is it? It's not funny at all. Stop it, Preston, or whoever you are. And who is it who could be doing this? I've been good. I just got old, that's all. Please stop. The shadows in the window are coming out. And she ends um, with it. I, I'm not even going to read the last <laughs> just a little bit because it's, it's too depressing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Or basically, her father had given her a pet name, and uh, it's something that now is being stripped um, from her. Yes. Uh, the last vestige of childhood and her adult life has basically just disintegrated, and there's nothing left. There's no other right. Alice. There's no her. Right. Um, she's just lost, gone. Um. Yeah, it's a it's an inscrutable ending because you could read into so did she die? Is the the metaphorical death? Has she just given yes. up on life um, in general? Uh, is it, is it, oh. did did the wheelchair from Melvina's therapy slowly it, roll into a, she, the room? She sat down in the chair. Yeah, or she's been <laughs> sitting there the whole time and just now realized it. Yep, <laughs> is I think more uh, apropos. Yeah, that uh, it's as we mentioned. This is not, none of these are happy stories. They are nope. not happy endings, but L they L are. Leonard relevant. Dave episodes are rarely happy episodes. <laughs> I think that's become that's become our our weird bit with our show now, Dave. Which is that the Leonard Dave episodes are the existential dread episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that we that we've been peddling for over a year now. Yeah. Well, we're still yep. here. We are still here. <laughs> yep. We've not we've not fallen apart and lost our our little moon faces. Not, not we, yet. we 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 are we, we've we've sealed ourselves over decades to the existential horror. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Oh. I I do these podcasts and I'm just standing up, not sitting in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to sit, sir. I will not take that seat. Not yet. Um, so, I what do, do we... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I do actually really um, like 
that the ending mirrors uh, mirrors Alice's thoughts on press on 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 dead Preston when she wonders if there's uh, some place where he's stripping off the old mask of 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 uh, the mask of old age and reemerging as a child only to discover that that is most likely not possible. No, the chi- the child has it's gone. withered. Yes, it's gone. Been eaten up. It's a, hor- it's a horrible <laughs> thought. It's a horrible thought. Well, that um that doesn't even segue. There's no segue. We are now nope. within <laughs> a dream, a dream of a mannequin. Oh yeah. Hey, guess what? Much like the last time we talked about Thomas Ligotti's work, the second story, once again, I like to think of myself as a smart guy, but man, was this a once again almost completely unscrutable to me. This was tough and um well, all all of these are written as uh, missives, as like maybe um, correspondences. This one in particular is. It's not a diary entry like um, the second story, but maybe that's par for the course. We'll see if every other story is the <laughs> the odd one out. Um. Yeah. Well, I can I I can agree that this takes more of you to get through <laughs> yep. it's, it's not any it's not any adventure maybe shorter it's not any longer than the the last entry but um the it's wrangling it's with topics that aren't um straightforward mm-hmm. or maybe because they're straightforward makes them difficult uh so we are we are reading the uh for the author, um, the unknown <laughs> last testament that they have, uh, it's, it's, it's a letter to a colleague. And this is a psychologist who is um, writing a letter to his acquaintance of um, a mutual patient they share. Or mm-hmm. one that was referred to him by said acquaintance um, is, right. is, I think, what is happening. Um, we don't get, we don't get really a name of either the author or his acquaintance it's it's omitted um purposefully mm-hmm. he makes mention of that we do however um have the name of his patient and this is uh, amy loker yes and uh there's a there's a bit he, he's mentioning this um in particular and so i've uh, pulled the passage uh, her name was amy loker and then this is an aside uh i don't think that these asides are in the letter Okay. I feel that there's something to us, like their their thoughts um, right. that don't make it to the page. So okay. because they're in parentheses and don't feel like they're um part part of the narrative. So her name was Amy Loker, and then this is an aside, and didn't you once tell me that long ago you had a doll with the same given name? Uh this of course is highly significant as the <laughs> story progresses. So Amy um, has been referred to this psychologist um, and the the extent of her problem, um, I'll try to sum it up, is thus. She, she's having dreams 
dreams mm-hmm. that she she so she's a um not an accountant something similar some sort of office work she works in an office in general uh, in her day job <clears throat> a loan yes. processor at a local financial oh, there geez. we go yeah oh yep i'll get it um and she has dreams where she's at work but not as a loan processor she mm-hmm. has a dream that she is a she's working at, at a boutique and she is the person who dresses the display mannequins in the windows mm-hmm. um and she has a little little ritual um that she that she says uh, to to the, the mannequins as they're about to be dressed this time to stop dancing and get get dressed sleeping beauties uh, and they're not words that she just says on a whim they're a thing that feels needs to be said in order to do the job yeah like a incantation yes it's a ritual phrase <laughs> um so the the thing about these dreams is she know she knows she's dreaming mm-hmm. and in the dream just as she's about to complete her work uh she falls into another dream <laughs> yeah. this this is um uh particularly relevant because it's not she understands it's not her dream but she's having the dream of the mannequin dresser Mm -hmm. so she's incepted herself into her own dream world yep (laughs) (laughs) i was trying not to go there but it's it's an it's inevitable it's inevitable It's because because it's the it's the it's the most efficient shorthand way of conveying the idea Yes, um, <laughs> and her her dream, the dream of the mannequin dresser, is not a dream. It is a a nightmare, uh, one in which she's just she's conducting her uh, nightly r- ritual before going to sleep. It's just a getting rid of the day, putting on the pajamas, that kind of thing. Uh, right. And she's in her apartment, you're about to go to sleep. But the difference is the situation of the apartment feels maybe more like a diorama, is as mm-hmm. best as it's ex- explained. There's three of the walls of the apartment, the floor, the ceiling. But the fourth wall, uh, tricky term, the fourth wall is, is broken. Uh, it's open and there is just a void beyond. A void that's not empty but she can't see beyond it. So you could read this as um, sort of a stage. Right. Like a stage play where you can't see past the stage into the audience. Um, that's that's like the loosest way to frame it. You could also, um, as we see, uh, view this as the, the, the window set dressing of the mannequin shop and beyond the glass the the world of the people viewing the shop right is the other probably more accurate reading of it Mm -hmm. um regardless she doesn't feel like she's alone she feels there's some other presence in the room that she cannot see and she her she's physically can't turn around (laughs) she's kind of face one way she's stuck in her ways she's 
not in control of herself or her fate or right. anything for that matter. Um, she's beholden to the whims of someone else. Uh, and from beyond that, that inky void, she begins to see figures. Uh, there are other humans, um, she thinks at first, um, that are stuck like she is. Uh, and she realizes they are mannequins. Right. But that were at one time in the past people. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> people trapped in mannequin bodies, consciousnesses bound to this waxy plastic flesh. Right. Um, it's good. It's good imagery. Uh, mm -hmm. It's mildly disorienting because of it, of its na of its. Uh, I don't even. Um, the nature of these uh, nested dreams, I guess, mm -hmm. the, the, the best way to put it. And the fact that she isn't, she, she's aware that she's dreaming, and then she's also, doubly, it's confusing also to the, um, our, our, our main character, the, the psychiatrist is, um, he has to kind of put these into, he has to frame them in a logic that he can understand, and that he can form, a, a treatment to, her, to help you know the his patient out right uh so ultimately because she's aware that they're a dream and she's not dreaming about herself uh he's he's concerned i think with that lack of control and identity mm -hmm. but then here's here's the rub i think for this entire story um the the correspondence he's relating is he's giving this it's all written down to his to his associate that ref that uh, referred miss um, loker to him uh, mm -hmm. he she's some the it's a woman the associate and she's something of a noted figure i guess in their in their professional circles um, mm. so someone who has put forth um, certain theories that are not welcome ah. in, in in polite society um, and he feels that she's antagonizing and she's, she's placed this patient in his care, um, as a way of kind of, it's a prank. Right. You know, the, the things that this the girl is saying to him are too similar. He feels to, um, theories and sentiments that his, uh, associate had uh, professed before. Mm. Um, Additionally, uh, he, he takes the time um, through, through consent, of course, to hypnotize the patient and elicit uh, a, a state in which she's able to relate to him f full information, like what more details of the dream that she physically just can't recall on her own. Right. And, of course, it turns out that uh, there's a, a hidden figure. Um, with present within the dream as an idea, but not an actual uh, presence within the dream, and that's that's the store, the the boutique owner, mm -hmm. who happens to have the same characteristics of the uh, of his professional associate instead, which is what mm -hmm. makes him all the more suspicious and confirms um, the involvement that his associate may have had in orchestrating this kind of ruse, right. That he that he's a a a a conceptual figure in the dream. 
within a dream. Like once again, not at, not an actual presence, but at just there. Uh, um, a, it's a, a signifier, like a reference. Yes, yes. And it is. Um, I think of everything that we've read so far, this feels the most um, Melvina like. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like I almost felt like it was a one to one. In my mind, could be a one to one comparison because we don't we don't get a. Um, it's not a flattering picture of his correspondence, but there is a very specific um, bend to this this uh, our our, our narrator, narrator. His uh, his view is. Of, is twofold of his associate. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, is respectful of her uh, abilities to theorize things. Mm-hmm. Like, like professionally, he respects her. He doesn't agree with, um, I think, her um, her theories. Right. Um, but more importantly, we find out that he is uncomfortably obsessed with her like he's in love right yes and this 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 letter is chock full of these asides where he's um it's it's too much (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's it's an admiration that has gone beyond that and he's romantically interested in her uh, right to the to the point where he's like I wish you could see me in my pajamas. You know, it's it's very like yes. it's, it's it's weirdly chaste, making it creepier. I guess yeah. because of that. Um, this is like a smoking jacket kind of guy, right? Yes, you know, he's he, got he, like the he, tweed suit and probably a comb over. I don't know. <laughs> don't get a flattering opinion of this guy just from you know, he's not describing himself, but you can feel. Um, through the the writing that he's kind of smarmy. Um, uh, for 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 those of you who have played uh control, I believe the guy uh who who runs the containment area of 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 the Federal Bureau of Control, I believe his name is Preston. I'm probably getting that wrong, but um, the guy with the really bad comb hover and the uh, ill-fitting suit seems to strike the chord as the visual image for the author of this piece. Yeah, it's not it's not a flattering um, depiction, and it's it's conjecture because we don't have we don't have right. a description of him. We just get all we get is his increasingly asides. creepy asides, <laughs> right? Like, and there, I mean, I it's weird. They're not. They're not. There's nothing in this specifically that's creepy. It just seems he's not very professional in this letter. He's right. It's not. It's not at all. It's or that, like a or weird that his love letter. Aren't professional. They're uh, not. Aren't, right. <laughs> he's he's just trying to make a move on this other associate under the associate. pretense of 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 a professional correspondence. Yeah. And it's it's no less strange given the fact that um, he believes that she's playing a, a very unprofessional joke on him. Right. 
Like, she's trying to scare him into what we don't know. Right. Because that's what this kind of boils down to. Um, or he might consider it flirt like, as yeah, some well, sort of weird form of flirtation. I think he kind of does, too. Right. He's like, <laughs> if she's interested... She, so if she's showing not this much, but any interest in me, it must be romantically inclined. Right. And and if she's she's going so far as to to insert herself inside of of a patient's uh hallucination or dream if she's if she's manipulating a patient in order to play a trick on me um then her interest is like compounded like right exponentially right it's that it's a weird um this guy's he's maybe a little like he's a little bit of a masochist i don't know he's he's cruising for some hurting um it's also of the mental type i guess right right it's also interesting because um because she is considered uh, uh the the person that he's corresponding with is considered like this pariah in the field it's also uh kind of telling that he doesn't question that she would do something that is ostensibly incredibly morally unfit to another patient just as like turning a patient into a weird passive aggressive love letter to him is also a weird concept that that he doesn't seem to recognize he's not batting an eye at it. he's like i it's just because it's you i i could imagine that you would have do this like that's right. not a that's not a flattering assessment of somebody nope um, that's a flawed character trait to attribute to somebody but then again it's this dude so yeah, <laughs> that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility, given how he's behaving. Um, and let's see what. Uh, I think everything I highlighted, we kind of talked about because I, I forgot to look at uh, <laughs> quotes during the dream sequence. Um well, here here's a, a short description of <laughs> during the dream what uh, Miss Loker sees in that in that void. Uh, she mm-hmm. tries to look away, her eyes being the only things that she can move. Now, for the first time, she notices that all all around the rooms, not not even in the void, in the shadowed places, are people dressed as dolls. Their forms are collapsed. Their mouths open wide. They do not look as if they are still alive. Some of them have actually become dolls, their flesh no longer supple, and their eyes having lost the appearance of teary moistness. Others are at various intermediate stages between humanness and dollhood. With horror, the dreamer now becomes aware that her own mouth is open wide and will not close. Another part that this is particularly disturbing. Right. Um... And then, so I guess part part of this, and, there, and this is perhaps primarily the reason that Miss Loker has sought um, help, is that when she awakens, and she so she she knows these are lucid dreams, she knows she's dreaming, she knows she's right. asleep. Well, when she awakes and understands she's no longer dreaming, she still sees the the giant 
um, well, she's a giant uh, female mannequin uh, face um, protruding from her her bedroom wall, uh, <laughs> and that this visage, in one smooth movement, withdrew back into the wall rather than disappearing as a normal normal a hallucination might otherwise do it would it would fade right. away or you would understand that you were seeing something not there and it would just be gone but this it retreats away from her vision it's a, a it's physically present um in right. her mind <clears throat> and, 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 and in the apartment and aware that she can see it <laughs> possibly yes we don't we don't get a motivation um right specifically but we get maybe a inkling of the identity of of that um the the actual dresser mhm um and then uh here's a little bit of uh so there's actually a little more. I highlighted a small portion, but uh, here is uh, a portion with the narrator discussing the his his uh, acquaintance's um, tendency to be on the uh, the outlier of, of the profession. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, Above all, I refer to those other worlds you say you've detected through a combination of occult studies and and depth analysis. At this juncture, allow me to digress for a brief lecture apropos of the proceeding. It's not that I object to your delving into speculative models of reality, sweetheart, but why this particular one? Why posit these little zones, as I've heard you call them, having such hideous attributes, or should I say anti-attributes, to to whimsically joke about such bizarre... Bizarrery? I guess that's a word. Uh, with phrases like pockets of interference and cosmic static belies your talents as a thoughtful member of our profession. So he's he's a, appreciative of what she does as far as uh, acknowledging it. Right. But still judging that it is um, not professional. Like she's gone through the links that she has. Um, and, you know, she's clearly made a name for herself doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't, he's putting weird, like, I don't agree with this, so you shouldn't do it kind of clauses on, on yes. their, on their not relationship. Right. Because like, this, is, re- this isn't a reciprocal thing. It's, right. it's, it's a one way street and he's just not understanding that it's it'd be basically if he walked up to her and said i appreciate that you you take the the time to explore the these alternate modes of thinking and 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 research but i really just wish you wouldn't talk about it because you just make yourself look bad when you do you make yourself look very unprofessional when you exposit when you ex expound on these these theories like i i think it's cool that you you look into them just don't talk about it's not good that's 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 the feeling that 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 passage uh gives gives me like everything about this letter and how he views his his uh associate um 
is, well, is it, it, it just gets worse. Like right. he's, I mean, you understand, you get the motives behind why he's writing it. Right. And in this case, as opposed to the previous story, this is like wholly unagreeable. Like this guy should just not do this. Yeah. Don't, don't do it, buddy. It's just, this is horrible. You're not a good person. Um, yes. Alice's last adventure is a study on, on, the sadness and and regret of growing old and and this is an examination of a jerk uh, a a very presumptuous jerk who who has massive boundary issues which is uh, you know what surprisingly fitting for the subject matter yes and he um his his sense of self uh is He's doubled down on it. Um, mm-hmm. he, he is like cocksure. He is. Uh, he's not, I think, faking the amount of um, confidence. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have to pretend to be confident. He just is. Um, right. And I don't know if that's through accomplishments or just his own sense of self-worth is inflated. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a like a puffed up man. Uh that um is ultimately less than the sum of his experience right it's 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 sort of this is a good opposite look um to the mirror it's the other side of the mirror um from the the last story yes it's it's someone that um has embraced uh adulthood and is dining um at the at the, at the table of life um he's mm-hmm. feasting at it um to his and others detriment right you know he he doesn't there's not one he doesn't think one thing about what he's lost he only wants to gain right um and he's so self-centered that he feels anyone else um dealing with him is uh in it for him Mm -hmm. like he's he's he feels he's owed things i think Mm -hmm. and it's he's not backing down at all from his um ideal that he's placed upon others fairly or unfairly right i mean the fact that he sees this patient as a pawn a pawn being played between two superior uh beings yes um he's 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 kind of the preston in this story yeah but but he built his own pedestal right like it's it's a monument to his it's a monument to his greatness um regardless of whether that's earned or not it's uh it makes that part of it hard, or I guess this these bits harder to read than than vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, what's the next bit? Mm. Well, uh, as he mentioned, he gets a little bit um, uh, a little bit more in depth in some of the concepts that his associate has um, delved into. Uh, oh, and here's okay. <laughs> Here's a like a scathing indictment of his character specifically. Um, mm. 
admittance, I guess, through this letter. Surely you can see how the foregoing existential tricks fit in with those harassments of the self as you style such phenomena. And just what are the boundaries of the self? Is there a secret communion of seemingly separate things? How do animate and inanimate relate? Very boring, my dear. Little sleepy Z's. Wow. To write that in a letter. <laughs> it's it's yeah. super weird because he's he's infatuated with this associate and he just takes so much pleasure in like deflating her successes or what yes. she's trying to succeed. It's the strangest. I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> Why? Why is he this way? Um. Oh, he's just like a roiling ego, and it's yeah, not it, 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 relatable at all. It, it's it's almost as if oh man, you are a like a fantastic piece of clay. If only I could basically neg you into being a fantastic professional like me not only would you be a be a fantastic professional like me but you would also realize how great i am and fall in love with me yeah <laughs> it's, it's like it's so gross it's so gross yeah, yeah. Um, without without being being like explicitly like deviant gross it is it is no it's sexually like gross morally and... gross yeah ethically yeah, exactly i know it's yes it's, it's um prudishly gross i don't know yes it's super weird it's not great uh nope mm. and so then she's continually to like just shoot her down so possibly the most repellent concept you've developed is that which you call divine masochism or the doctrine of a bigger self terrorizing its little splinter selves. Precisely <laughs> that something else altogether, scar scarifying the man butterfly with suspicions that there is a game going on over its head. This passage is, um, it's another core discussion uh, within Conspiracy of the Human Race. World. <clears throat> this whole, this whole story, um, fits precisely into some of the discourse that Lagarde will have um, in his uh, philosophy book. Yes. So we'll take, because we need some framework and we'll use a little bit of this framework to, um, to, to bolster some of the discussion. Uh, another thing that he's, um, uh, he's not really obsessed with because it's, he's kind of brushing it off, but uh, there's a, and a, it's making a reference to a an older um, Chinese bit of philosophy where mm. a uh, a man professes to dream uh, that he's a butterfly, uh, and then when he wakes, he wonders if he's dreaming of the butterfly or is he the butterfly dreaming of the man? Like it's a, it's a kind of sort of a conundrum. Um, yes, the paradox rather, and uh, this. Um, our narrators haughtily like dismissing that argument as garbage, right? You know, he's he's looking down on on all sort all manners of things. Um, anything that's not something he agrees with or came up with is 
beneath him like it's it's something that's just trite and he wants uh his acquaintance to like understand that too right like put put her efforts into something he sees as valuable and that's a better um uh use of her time and energy you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and talents and talents if you just if you just put all your your intellectual might into these acceptable roots um, yep uh, you know, you would flourish professionally um, and personally, and yeah, that would yeah. make you even more agreeable. And then, then we can date. Yep. <laughs> like it's uh, this guy. This guy is the worst. It's like absurd. Yeah. He 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 is he is uh, decidedly more unpleasant than the uh, child murderer from Frolic, actually. Wow! I never thought that that would come up. In a... <laughs> um. Yes. So, uh, there's not another. Mm, he gets if we get a few quotes from. Uh, Loker, and uh, he he's he's just reminiscing on the things that she said under hypnosis, and one of which mm-hmm. was uh, he it doesn't he doesn't elaborate, but he uh, hears she said some quite awful things about life and lies and this dream of flesh. So he's <laughs> he's doubling down on the "am I a man or a butterfly" thing, this concept, um, this unknowing, uh, on un- the unknowing self. Um, right. Some this idea of potentially torturing a part of yourself as uh due to um ennui, like you're bored, like a bored god mm-hmm. uh, playing in a sandbox destructively because it's bored. Right. Um is how he's framing the ideas that Miss Loker is presenting, and in turn dismissing the ideas that his associate um, has professed. But while he's dismissing it as theory, he's unfortunately found that in practice it has disturbed him. Yes. Um, because these ideas have been introduced, uh, they have borne some some fruit, uh, and his daily life is now being troubled by the sentiments that his associate has um, transmitted to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could read this as almost an infection. He's been infected yep. by uh, the con- mm-hmm. concepts and thoughts. Yep. Good old um, mem- memetic concept infection. Always yes. a, yep. It's just like Snow Crash. Um, yep. And the, the, that's where he finds the, the, the true crux of the problem. So he has his uh, secretary look into Miss um, Loker because he wants payment. She she left the, the uh, session and didn't pay for the <laughs> right. session. And he wants his he wants his money because he doesn't want not, not out of concern just yes. for <laughs> just for money even though because she didn't yep. she, she didn't show up for her her next appointment mm. and he's like well 
at a professional um, concern, I'll just go check in on her. Because because if if what I suspect is true, I won't actually find her. She's not a real person. Person. In as much that as Miss Loker exists, but she's not who she claims to be, much as herself is a different person in another dream. Right. So he, he shows up to her address and lo and behold, it is not a, an apartment. It is a boutique. Yep. It's, it's not spooky, but it's a, <laughs> a spooky boutique. It's not spooky at all. Just a regular boutique. But there's something spooky about it. Or mm-hmm. rather, there is a fortuitous turn of clothing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The the stars have aligned. The way, he <laughs> this guy is so full of himself that he thinks that um uh his acquaintance has arranged for him to make this discovery of the boutique on a particularly dreary and rainy day. Like she looked at the forecast mm-hmm. and went the appointments on this day. It's gonna rain, and so that'll be the perfect time for you to come and discover the trick that I played on you. Right. What an ass. This dude. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's, he, it's, he's he's, he's so, so full con- of himself. He's so convinced of, of not only himself, but his own humanity that he and, and his own importance. I think that is the main uh, concept that his whole importance uh, in 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 the universe that his associate has gone through all of this trouble to enact this ruse uh for him so that he uh that he could get some sort of surprise or thrill or have some kind of joke played on him it's it's egotism on a scale that is is hard to fathom yeah it's <laughs> it's so much it is so much um and he well, he he basically he spooks himself out. <laughs> what happens? So when he when he shows up at the the boutique, um, mm-hmm. he inquires as to whether Miss Loco works there, because um, that that may have been the case. Maybe she provided a work address and not her home one. That right. That doesn't be that doesn't turn out to be the case. And in more to the point, the mannequins in the display window are, or one of them is dressed. Um, in the same fashion, if not the same clothes, as he last saw Miss Loker in, and the the countenance, the the expressions on the mannequin, he he wasn't able to tell for sure due to the rain, but he wonders idly and uh, horribly if it is not, um, in fact, the expression and countenance of Miss Loker. Yes. So he gives himself a little bit of a spook, a little bit of a fright. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, the, the weather being as it is and his business not being able to be concluded, he, he takes his leave and scares himself again in the car, thinking something's in the back seat. Um, but it's it's the idea of can't turn around, something's behind me. So right. uh, the ideas that Miss um, Loker transmitted during her session um, have taken root. The, the dream of a mannequin um, is, in fact, uh, what he's now obsessed and worried over. Yes. 
Mm. Here's another passage. This is um this is directly after he he looks into the back seat. Um and he's as the as the rest of the letter this is all addressing um his his <clears throat> correspondence. So, you have indeed succeeded. Assuming my infer- my inferences stand solid in swaying me on a string you hold between your delicate fingers. He's being puppeted. Um, having confessed this much, I can now get to the real focus and motivating factor of my appeal to you. This has far less to do with um, Loker than it does with us, dearest. Please try to be sim- sympathetic and above all, patient. I had not been well lately, and you know the reason why. This business with Miss Loker, far from being far from bringing us to a more intimate understanding of each other, has only made the situation worse. Horrible uh-huh. nightmares now plague me on a nightly basis. Me, of all people, and they are directly due to the well-intentioned and aside, I think, influence of you and Miss Loker. <laughs> And then we get this horrendous, um, in my dream, I'm in my bedroom, sitting on my unmade bed, wearing my pajamas, and then the worst aside, oh, will you never see me in my jammies? Well, he says, will you never see see them? But uh, I wanted to clarify Yo, I got this race car bed and my (laughs) pajamas come over. That's (laughs) exactly. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> you went there you went there in this letter i had to i well oh yeah, yeah no not yeah. you i mean this guy okay. he, yeah. he just yeah. took it that far yep hmm. and like miss loker he he encounters the mannequins um in his dream in his dream hallway <laughs> and when he emerges from the bedroom i see their eyes shining in the white darkness and their heads all are turned in all directions paralyzed yes with terror i merely return a fixed gaze wondering if my eyes are shining the same as theirs <laughs> mm. and then creepily the dolls speak to him and yes beg him to die into them y- yep that's wonderful. That's yeah. That's a that's a turn of phrase that I do not care for whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like I'm like I'm like oh good. I found a phrase that I I dislike significantly more than puppet majesty. Just a week <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, additionally, here is another. Um, uh, is this in the same? the same uh, segment unconsciously however you seem to have awakened me to a stratum of abject terror i will at least admit that your ideas form a powerful psychic metaphor though no more than that yep so he's I, uh, not even he, he's you. still refusing to yeah it's like backhanded compliments all the way this dude is yep this dude is a treasure yep hmm oh how trite Oh, how trite that you've introduced this, but it's really ultimately unimportant. Do, do your do your spooky worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then here we we hit the next heart of the matter. In Miss Loker, I believe that you sent me an embodiment of your deepest convictions. But suppose I start admitting an uncanny admitting uncanny things about her. Suppose I grant that she was somehow just a dream. Suppose I allow that she was not a girl, but actually a thing without a self. 
an unreality that, in accord with your vision of existence, dreamed it was a human being and not just a fabricated impersonation of our flesh. Um, this is the heart of the first segment in uh, Conspiracy Against the Human Race. Mm-hmm. This, this is like, it's not word for word, but it might as well be. Um, and we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely look at this next time. Uh, but it is the horror behind this tale. Right. That that our existences aren't our own, that we are not in control of anything. We are nothing but puppets on right. a string dancing to some unknown and horrible tune uh, with no will of our own but to be um, dressed and put on display. Yep. And that's horrifying. <laughs> like it's, yep. it's, yeah. it's the it's it's a very tough um it's a tough concept and I think the the the, the theory on it um we'll be able to, to look into it in depth um next episode. Right. Um, it is the most existential of the existential dreads of 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 all of the existential dreads that I have fought in my life. It is the most <laughs> the most palpable and the most aggressive. And therein lies your true fear of puppet majesty. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Ugh, still don't. Ugh, still don't like it. Still don't <laughs> like it whatsoever. I don't know and, why. And now, now it's couched in a new meaning. It's been given. More, yeah, yeah, great more context. Great. great, yeah. Love if it. Only, if only you could dare to dream. Uh, somehow, 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 Thomas Ligotti has somehow strung together. All of the existential horror that I kind of kind of love and every piece of media, nearly every piece of media that we've covered to the show, uh, covered on the show as like just the root of it all, of the rope that has splintered off into so many things. Oh. It's, it's wonderfully abhorrent. It is yep. the, it is that... Um abject terror that absolute terror yes yeah yeah it's perfect yep. <laughs> perfect and then we're left uh, with one final passage i will just this is the reading hour i guess um tell me it is still not too late for our love <laughs> please don't destroy everything for us you will only hurt yourself and despite Ugh. And despite your high-flown theory of masochism, there is really nothing divine about it. So, no more plaything, no, uh, no more playing of the inhuman visionary. Be simple. Be nice. Behave. I added that behavior. Um, oh, I am so tired. I must say goodnight then, but not. And then here is where the narrative switches. Yeah. Uh, because... This last bit is not our narrator. This is our correspondee, yes. as far as I can tell. So he's not wrong. This is all a grand scheme because he is the center of 
the attention. He is the last puppet. Yes, he is. A, he is. He is a doll. He is a mannequin that Rumpty was a man. Mm. So, oh, I am so tired. I must say good night then, but not goodbye, my foolish love. Hear me now. Sleep in your singular sleep and dream of the many, the others. They are also part of you, part of us. Die into them and leave me in peace. I will come for you later, and then you can always be with me in a special corner of your own, just as my little Amy once was. This is what you always wanted, and this you shall have. Die into them, you simple soul, you silly darling. Die with a nice bright gleam in your eyes. These people, Miss mm-hmm. Loker, our our narrator, um, and and the uh, uh, recipient of this letter, are all the same being. Mm-hmm. This bored, whimsical god that has fractured themselves and is just playing with the pieces, right. It, it it is the it this this being is the only being that exists and to to ultimately uh stave off insanity has what like you said fractured itself into many pieces and plays uh out these these stories and lives to to keep itself sane seemingly hmm this is far more disturbing i think than any um old ones or cosmic horror uh because in in those um humanity has agency right it's it's not worth much but they're still able to go about their lives um in secure in the knowledge that if they know nothing nothing changes right until everything ends in this uh, the idea is that it's not just these two people, but it's everyone, everything. Nothing is separate. Right. Everything is part of a chaotic whole that uh, ultimately doesn't mean anything because it's just a sick game. Basically. Right. <laughs> yep. So it's worse than even being a puppet, because it's a it's a puppet playing with itself. It's the the concept is it's more difficult to like unravel. I think than it seems simple, like a simple idea at first glance, but I don't think it is because we're not given the full picture of this reality, and you don't really need to be for this to be effective. Right. And our affecting, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is worse than the um the butterfly dreaming it was a man or a man dreaming it was a butterfly because of the whole time it doesn't matter, they're both puppets. Right. They're um, not even I... they're not even their own selves in in the end. They're in yes. the, in the, the, the larger scheme of things. Yeah. Just that, shards, that. shards of another greater reality cosmic chaos. It's you know it's a perfect, perfect, uh, um, fulfilling fate. It's a wonderful yep. 
thing to consider. It makes everything so bright and shiny. Such a happy setting. Happy Saturday, everyone. I hope you're really enjoying the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We, mu- we must protect Cameron from these episodes, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> He he is the he is the he is the last light that we have. We must we must keep it protected. Uh yeah. Wow. So if you're still with us, then still feeling good about yourself. If, if you're still with us, you are one of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's mm, mm. let us <laughs> let us rejoice in our puppet majesty together ah you're just not gonna not gonna not gonna stop with that one huh i uh, you know what i I was particularly proud of that phase honestly (laughs) phase (laughs) i like it a lot um probably for the exact reasons you don't like it yeah probably (laughs) yeah i don't i i i do appreciate i do appreciate dave that that just two words in in that order, inspire of of a level of revulsion in me that a Lovecraft protagonist uh, receives every time he sees any Eldritch entity. Just like, did, mm. did you not know that I am both great and terrible to behold? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that, Dave, because you are a stunningly handsome man, and yourself down like that you are you but you are great to behold not not so much with the terror this has been my my <laughs> plug for for dave on our podcast for no reason <laughs> i decided to advocate for you for absolutely no reason these things happen it's <laughs> it's a it's a dreary wintry saturday morning I, I think I needed, I just think I needed to put something positive out after going over these two stories. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> we're cutting to the chase. This stuff, it's super well written. It's, it's fun to parse. It's yes. fun to kind of dig into what what may or may not be behind these stories. Because, again, we're we're putting... We're pulling the context um, to suit our own narrative, of course, um, as as you do. Um, yeah, but yep. I like to think that we made some kind of sense of it. Yes. If we didn't, let us know. Um, it'd be yeah. great. If I hope you guys are reading along, because if you're not, you're all gonna be lost. <laughs> horribly, <laughs> horribly lost. Um, lost, lost little puppets. Okay, before I hammer that too far home, uh, I think I think we can call this this one done. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else that uh, you know what we we we'll be we'll be retreading some of this ground um, next episode anyway? So yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even worried about it. Um, yes, Cameron, of course, is here in spirit. He's sleeping and or busy with the other uh real man ruin podcast so that that's fine um cameron he can be found on twitter should you you should you follow him it's good 
like like animals. You like spooky spiders. You know, Australian cryptids. Cats. Great, good, good, fun stuff. On Twitter, you can find him at night underscore twitten, and it's night without a K. Leonard, where can yes. we find you and your various and sundry products? <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is dead. You can find me on uh, the new, wholly redesigned YouTube, uh, which I have mentioned on my Twitter. Uh, by searching uh, Dr. Faust is Dead. Uh, and Dave, uh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at sentient underscore plus. As always, I picked a tough one to spell, so it will be in the notes. Um, there's not a lot. I mean, I, I'm on there. Like, You can always find me there. Just come say <laughs> hi. I'm on there all the time. Probably too much. Um, my life consists of scrolling and and refreshing my Twitter feed. So <laughs> I you say too much, and I post significantly more. Than you do, Dave. Oh, I'm on there. I'm not posting, but <laughs> I'm, I'm oh, reading. Okay. You're, all, you're you're always you're, reading. You're lurking. You're lurking. You're not. I engaging. am the in- eternal lurker. Um, <laughs> I do engage. I do engage stuff. The algorithms <laughs> are terrible. The algorithms are horrible. I can't even see half the stuff anymore. Like, so weird that's because, um, you, that's because you've muted half of the dictionary it could be I curate my feed vigorously uh, <coughs> but you'll find bits of artwork some discourse on films um, I like to watch movies if you didn't know draw. that by now I draw sometimes <laughs> um, uh, uh, we, you should explain the weights <laughs> I show pictures of weights uh, as I'm working out because pictures of myself I'm just they had they happen sometimes there's there's sometimes there's some selfies um yeah yeah and I'm just rambling um <laughs> you follow me I'll talk to you if you say something <laughs> I'm generally pretty good about that I think I try to respond to people um yeah, and if you have other recommendations for, uh, well, not Legati Hour because it's going to go on for a long time. Um, yeah, hope you're enjoying it because uh, we're just going to keep <laughs> digging into this. Got a massive two books to go through. Um, <laughs> we hope you're enjoying it. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise you're not hearing any of this, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Um, but for our the, the main monster, dear monster, uh, we'll we'll be wrapping up pretty soon. Um, our coverage of Dark Crystal and nothing specific on the books after that. So give us a shout and you can recommend something. We're game for almost anything because anything can be a monster. Um, but yeah, talk to us. Send a review. We haven't had any, we've had like, we have a handful of reviews. Um, we'd appreciate that. That would be yeah. super great. Um, reviews are great mail's we'll great give you a shout out on the podcast if you send us a review uh, yeah or guess we haven't had get we've had one guest this year and uh, it was a phenomenal we had a good time uh, everyone had a good time so yes we like guests on the show if there's something you'd like to talk about just drop us a, a you know drop into our dms as the kids say <laughs> um and, and and shout and drop send us a dm and just scream guest me 
at us. Um, yeah, don't we'll, do we'll, that. We'll, <laughs> I don't even care. We'll slot you in. We'll find something for you. Um, yeah, so that's us. That's the podcast. You can also find back episodes um, on your podcatcher of choice, but also on Monster Deer dot Monster are very fun and horror themed web address I don't, know. I don't know where i'm going with that uh yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna call this one uh done and uh we'll catch you next time for some puppet majesty <laughs> on that note bye y'all later